Minyard and Minyard do a podcast. And we are back. First show of 2022, the world's only father-son political broadcast. Probably not, but I. Oh, I was going to say, did you you research that at all? Well, it's like world famous pigs in a blanket. Or most popular, or. Yeah, right. Number one. uh, Yeah, we can say whatever we want. Hey, before. And frankly, if if you go to the internet to check and see whether we really are the only father son political broadcast, you don't have enough to do. Yeah. Get a get a life, get a hobby, get a life, uh, yeah. get a job, something. Anyway, yeah. I'm Ken, father. He's Rick's son. That's right. Before we get into it, we're gonna try our new, a uh, little bit new format. We're gonna we're gonna tighten these up and kind of stick to one topic. There's so much going on that we might even see you more than once in a week, like uh, we did uh, last year and mm-hmm. prior. But um, before we get started on, on our discussion. Um, can we just agree that in 2022, I'm good with not having any more, um, you know, news show, New Year's Eve events happening? I mean, what in the world is CNN doing? What are they thinking? Getting their hosts all ripped on, on national TV on New Year's Eve and making they've assholes. been they've been doing it for years. I know, I, but and, it's and, like nothing good can come of it. Well, They're, I'm just amazed that they've gotten away with it. I mean. Having I didn't watch it, but I, I read about it, yeah. and and uh, having um, what's Don, his name Anderson Don. Cooper on oh, right. with with Andy Cohen, it's like having Walter Cronkite on with Jerry Springer. It doesn't do it, anything for Anderson Cooper as far as his his no. uh, you know his chops as a news guy. And every year they get hammered, yeah, drinking right. tequila shots or whatever it is that well, they do. And then you have Don Lemon, who, yeah. you know. Uh, who who gets ripped? Where is he? He's down and in New he Orleans. And he was in New Orleans. He was scheduled, yeah, uh, to do that. So if CNN, we got to really blame CNN. Yeah, yeah. They I, they encourage this behavior, and it's it's uh, you know. Do we know what a problem alcoholism in this country today? And and I know I I drink. You drink. Uh, yeah. But the idea that you would celebrate it and brag about it and have fun with it. And kid around about it and get drunk on national television to well, start the new year. You can drink without getting drunk. That's the point. Well, I, mean, I mean, I know re- this for, for, from but experience. But they're working. You know, I, I you know. don't have to drink <laughs> while you're working. Hey, it says uh, you who, who, who drank. No, I, I didn't drink you, while I was working. I drank before and after. <laughs> <laughs> you drank to the point where you could barely remember the. Well, I have that had day. that happen. Yes, that's not one of my problems. <laughs> well, you actually know. To be honest, to be true, you you used to drink with a purpose, though, with this, the California Highway Patrol. And, oh, yeah. Well, that was different. That was to uh, show uh, the effect. One, that, that was usually one, around New Year's too, wasn't it? One. No, I just did it once. Oh, did you? On, yeah, where, where? I, I would never have done it again. I yeah. Yeah, that was I, I drank and had a Highway Patrol officer there uh, monitoring me the whole time. It was it was, and then I paid for it for another couple of days after. Took a drink of tequila every 15 minutes right right uh, took a shot okay let's get on to our show today you know i'm the egg buck guy uh, everything's going to be okay and and i'm accused by my son on a regular basis of being <laughs> overly optimistic but pollyannish maybe even i think we're facing a potential threat to our democracy yeah, yeah. in 2022 Big year. that is greater than either world wars because it comes from within we're three days away as we record this from 
the most one of the most shameful episodes in American history. Anniversary, yeah, yeah, of one six. Yep. And I believe it's because of apathy and laziness, as much as, if not more, than activists. So uh, this show, uh, I we've decided to call it Code Red. From a book I'm reading, uh, consider this. This is a this is a quote from this book called Churchill's Shadow, The Life and Afterlife of Winston Churchill. It's actually a critical assessment of Churchill, but this isn't about Churchill, it's about Hitler. Here's the quote. Hitler was not Neville Chamberlain's fault. He was the leader many, if not most, Germans wanted and the man whom, as events would show, they were prepared to serve and obey whatever he ordered them to do. Now, to me, that is chilling, and it's true. They weren't, the the German people weren't the victims. They were complicit. Enthusiastic. Yeah. Right into the war, and uh, until about 1943, they were cheering Hitler on, and even after that, many of them were. And Hitler was, he was this crazy little goofy-looking guy with a stupid Charlie Chaplin mustache, and he came on the scene, wrote a book, went to jail, came on the scene, and because they were in serious and uh, economic trouble after because, World after War One, yeah, uh, he had he had an appeal. He, we don't have that excuse. We weren't in such terrible shape, right. but we have a lot of a uh, uh, very dangerous people. So we that are were just we, waiting for him. We are in effect. The, the German people uh, from 1930 here in America in 2022. I think so. Uh, and, 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 and when I said laziness and apathy, that's precisely something people don't talk as much about is that there are millions of people out there who just don't, they're not listening to us. They're not listening, watching the news at night. They're not reading newspapers. They are, they are uh, watching their I don't know, sitcoms, they're uh, having their lives. I don't blame them for that. You know, you want to be able to enjoy yourself. But you've got to say, the, the worst thing anybody can say is, uh, I don't do politics. Oh, I, I, hear, I hear that too much. You know, oh, that's, or, or even, I heard this over the holidays. We had some guests in it, and I heard, oh, both, all, all the media is the same, both sides. And both parties are the same. I'm mm-hmm. so sick of hearing that. I, Me too. I, I did everything I could to keep from ruining the holiday. You know, uh, you, heard, you didn't. You weren't. You didn't speak up. No, it wasn't. It wasn't appropriate. Exactly but, the problem. Though, I know. Right? I know. But I. It, it was not appropriate. It was not. It was the holidays. I, under, I understand. It's not yep. appropriate. Yep. And sometimes I, we I have mean, to I, be I inappropriate. Did, I disagreed. But I didn't argue. Does that make sense? I, well, I, yeah. I mean, at least you said you said something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I said I don't buy that. And, um, you know, I had another episode similar to that at, uh, uh, with another person. And I said, I'm sorry, I don't see it that way. And mm-hmm. actually, Lisa was very proud of me the way I handled that. Cause, well, because uh, I can uh, I can get argumentative. Uh, you and I both. We know that. And uh, we have disrupted parties. I have in the past by speaking up. But I, I'm not ashamed of that. I, no. I, I honestly and, and what and the worst thing, the thing that makes me want to just explode is somebody saying, uh, you know, history's boring. Yeah. You, if you don't, you know, oh, I know. look, I know. here, let me put it this way. You may not do politics, but politics does you. Mm-hmm. Politics, let's define what politics really is, and it's how it, it, it determines how we live our lives. Of course. It determines your child, what his life is going to be like. 
And it could, by ignoring it, lead us into becoming a, a, a country that we were not born into, uh, into becoming a country like some of those East European countries that you see. Uh, we, we really, and, and, and it will be not because of great enthusiasm for Trump, which there is among, I don't know, tens of millions of people, but I think more than that, it's by, by people who feel otherwise or would feel otherwise if they knew what the fuck was going on. Yeah, no kidding. It, it's, it's, a, it's a terrible, terrible um, habit of ours. We've gotten extremely um, uh, complacent in this country. And, and we're gonna, this, is, this year, I mean, we are, we are looking at right now probably the most significant time in our lifetimes. Well, you, you, I mean, you, you were born at the beginning early part of world war two but in our adult lifetimes let's put it that way mm -hmm. i mean this 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 is as dangerous as i mean the vietnam war was serious right but it was not it was not as dangerous to our way of life as this is this is a significant period this we're not overstating it you know this is coming down this year these months right now i mean this this committee and the congress they're on their last legs if we don't, and, and it's not going to be our fault if we return Republicans to power. God damn it, you know. I mean, come on. After all we've seen and what the Republican Party stands for, to the fact that they are even, you know, preparing for a takeover of, of Congress and the Senate is, is disgusting. And we've to got me. to stop saying things like they're both the same. Yeah. They're just not. And it's time to, I saw a discussion somewhere on television this week uh, about how, reporter's responsibility isn't to be biased but it's to tell the truth right. and in order to tell the truth republicans come out on the short end of the stick so um, you know that has to be a part of of the reportage of what's going on today here let me read this from a new york times editorial the republic faces an existential threat from a movement that is openly contemptuous of democracy and has shown that it is willing to use violence to achieve its ends. No self-governing society can survive such a threat by denying that it exists. Rather, survival depends on looking back and forward at the same time. Mm. Boy, is that so true today? Yeah, yeah. It's it's um, this this is good. we we got to sit up and pay attention. If you've got the in inclination to pretend that that this isn't. Um, you know that the new year. All right, let's just have a good time. This this is a serious time we're in. We got to get get some some uh, some things accomplished. And, and and I sure hope to hell. You know we've got some people in place and we've got an administration in place that can can help help us here. And I sure as hell hope that this committee, whatever report they end up issuing, that the Justice Department picks it up and runs with it as. Uh Dangerous as that might sound to them, you know, well, it's one administration um, sort of uh, investigating a prior administration, and that could be, you know, I'm so sick of hearing that. Quit a operating on, on, on fear and, and weakness. It's well, uh, you know, the, um, the American people, when they become really aware of a crisis, they'll rise to the occasion. We were, we were so opposed to getting into another world war uh, when... Japan did us a favor and attacked us. You can almost look at it that way. Right, right. Uh, and uh, and America sprung in into action. Well, it's it's that's why I say code red. It's time yeah, yeah. to to do that now. We we are one or two elections away from potentially losing our democracy. 
Yeah. That's what we're. That's what one six a year ago was all about. Well, and here's yeah. here's the deal. You've got. I mean, there was a poll. I noticed you featured this poll that came out over the new year. Um, the numbers are pretty good as far as as far as I'm concerned. The way the public as a whole looks at this situation, more, more people. What was what was the percentage? Sixty. Seventy two percent of Americans believe the people involved in uh, the the attack on the Capitol on the sixth of January last year. We're threatening democracy. Democracy, right? Problem is that this uh, this one party, right. Republican Party, Republicans only forty five cents percent, forty five percent said it was a threat. Fifty two percent say those involved were protecting democracy. Oh yeah, I mean, but so the, boom, there's the problem. There's your there's your, you know. What would you call them in the 30s? <laughs> uh, what, who, oh, yeah. who are they? You know, they're the ones uh, that that are are the cult. They're, that's the cult, and we are up mm-hmm. against one of the biggest cults in history right now, and mm-hmm. that's the that percentage of the Republican Party that is just checked out. That is- and by the way, the Democrats, 96 percent believe that those involved in the attacks were threatening democracy. Well, even, so, even, so there's more, a, even more, even mm-hmm. more, the, the the those who feel that Trump himself was responsible. Uh, or or can be held responsible. There was a significant percentage there too, as I remember the, the mm-hmm. poll, right? So, so I mean, the numbers are on on the side of the people doing the God's work here, and the the Republicans in Congress are not indicative of, well, of the percentages that of, of even Republicans. No, I, I mean, those things. those figures show you that the um, uh, preponderance of the American sentiment would be uh, to De- deal kick with this it. guy. Uh, out of the country, you know. Yeah, wow. Well. Uh, but they don't vote in sufficient numbers to have that happen. Right. And what the Republican Party is trying to do, and if you don't vote, you're complicit, is is limit voting as much as possible because they know they can't win a fair election. Right. So what do they do? We've seen it the past year. They try to claim that a com- that the fairest election election in in our history maybe. In terms uh, of uh, turnout and and f- vote and uh, no fraud, they're trying to convince us that it was just the opposite that it right. was stolen. All the while, they're trying to steal it themselves. They, they, it's projection, uh, you know. And and intelligent people know this. I mean, you you, you definitely know this. Here's- but but I think they think, oh well, you know, it's politics and whatever. May I'll vote if it's convenient. Um, mm-hmm. And, what, one of the other things I came across, a, I don't know, it was a quote, um, and I, th- I found it really interesting, is in historically, and again, you have to study history in order to, to you know, appreciate these things, but it's true. Historically, the enemy of authoritarians and these regimes, whether it be in Russia or in Germany or, or historically, is, uh, they who do they go after first? They go after and. and the the educated the intelligentsia right they mm-hmm. kind of they kind of shut them down so the enemy of of these people are the intelligent <laughs> if you want to look at it that way right mm-hmm. the educated the the they're they're considered suspicious that's the way it is now look at the look at the the trumpers mm-hmm. nobody would describe them as being the most intelligent among us and the people who have integrity like Liz Cheney in Congress mm-hmm. or the, the secretaries of state and those states that refuse to buckle under to Trump trying to get them to change the vote. Mm-hmm. Those people become pariahs right. in the Republican Party right. because they know 
they know that they've got to do something. And that's how all of a sudden Trump, this guy who was a joke where he, you know, in New York, he was the guy who called up under some assumed name, didn't even change his voice Baron. to brag about yeah. himself. Um, who, who, I mean, he, he, who hobnobbed, he was known as a, a millionaire playboy who ran around with the likes of Jeffrey Epstein and others. Not, not only Trump did that, by yeah, the way. We know yeah, that Bill Clinton. Clinton and others did it. Yeah. But anyway, he, he was not taken seriously. But he came along at a time when apparently, and they talk about these charismatic personalities. Uh, I can buy that maybe Hitler was charismatic. You know, I don't speak that language, so it's hard to interpret. Right. Uh, but I guess he was very charismatic and dynamic. I cannot, for the life of me, see Trump as being charismatic. But he, but I will, I will concede that he must be because he's got a lot of people under his well, spell. Well, charismatic for to a certain point. And going back to my my uh, earlier point, he's appealing to a certain segment of what less intelligent, less you know more disaffected you know what would what would cause people to gravitate why, towards why him? are they so bloody uh, uh unhappy and by the way you don't have to be the liz cheney's and the adam kinzigers and those who are so out front to fall on the bad side of the the trump to be dis, you know, despised like that you can be a mitch mcconnell now who just mm-hmm. shuts up about trump but mm-hmm. You know, he's going along with the Trump program. Well, by, he, by he's his an inact- enabler by, yes. by doing that. Right. But he's also now he might he's as despised as, as well. Cheney you is. know, he has his yeah. own power, though. He they're, they're if they think they're going to bump McConnell off, he's a smart guy but, and but, he knows what he knows is self-preservation. So he has a different kind of power. But that doesn't yeah. uh, um, that doesn't do anything to him. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and look, but look at look at the leaders of this Trump movement for a second. Look at look at who they are. Look at the Marjorie Taylor Greens. Look at the Lauren Boberts. Look at the Louis Gohmert. Look at Jim Jordan. Look at these people. Boy, is that a crew, huh? Look at them. They're the leaders of this movement in Congress. They are the ones that are out front. They are the ones that are probably going to be reelected in 2022 in the House, and then of course over on the Senate, you got your your characters as well. Although the Senate is, you know, kind of in a different league, but um, is that the leader? I mean, that should tell you something. That's the intellectual, you know, spearhead of this Trump movement, along with Trump himself. Uh, and and it's just, if you're falling in line with that, that tells me something about you. I mean, it, it tells all of us something about you. And Shame to think on that you. we had a president of the United States, now ex-president, who who diminishes uh, the the most serious uh, pandemic epidemic that we have had in a hundred years, uh, and it's led and 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 he he played in somehow he knew he played right into this this something in people that uh, makes them uh, gets them riled up about getting a, a shot, which we get every day for other things, but somehow the idea of getting a vaccination to prevent uh, a disease and potential death is is taking away their freedom. Uh, it's, it's, it's it's remarkable. Yeah, I, I uh, mean uh, you can't you can't uh, people with the brains that are firing on all you know cylinders can't wrap their minds around it. So you just can't even try. It's a, you it's it's an exercise in futility. So I I don't know what we you know do about the that. the one thing that they didn't have 
uh, in the 2020 election was the military. Mm -hmm. The military stood up against Trump. Uh, he would have loved to have had had some kind of insurrection there. And that's all that was separating us from it really happening. Yeah. Oh, uh, Millie. Millie basically put a mm -hmm. firewall up at that point. And, but uh, there, there's some, some scary editorials well, being written by former generals right now. Where will the military be next time? Three retired generals have warned that another insurrection could occur after the 2024 presidential election. And the military, they say, could instigate it. These generals, uh, Paul Eaton, Antonio Taguba, and Stephen Anderson, made their case in a Washington Post uh, op-ed. And here is one of the things they wrote. In short, we are chilled to our bones at the thought of a coup succeeding next time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's scary. And now you're that, right. I, I want to, uh, this may sound like it doesn't tie in, but there is a movie called Don't Look Up. You and I have both seen that movie. Mm -hmm. And it's funny as hell. I mean, it's, I think it's hilarious. It's got, by the way, very mixed reviews. But uh, it is very funny. Two low-level astronomers have to go on a giant uh, media tour to sell the fact that they have discovered <laughs> a, a comet that is heading right toward Earth. And if nothing, nothing is done, we're going to all die. I mean, the whole planet. It's such a big uh, asteroid that we're... It, that, it's going to destroy us. An extinction-level event, they called it. And so they go uh, to um, uh, to the media. I mean, first of all, they go to the president, who says, well, yeah, we're going to have to get on that. It's, it's just what we're talking about, about the lackadaisical attitude people have. So then they decide to go to the media, and they tell the media. Had, uh, Tyler Perry and uh, Kate Blanchett play a morning, a morning team. Mm -hmm. And they tell them this. It's going to kill us. And they laugh and say, well, boy, that's that sounds. Boy, pretty. that's going to be memorable. huh?" Yeah. And and they can't get anybody to listen. And uh, of course, the the obvious metaphor is for is climate change. But a broader metaphor is what we're going through now. How the pandemic people just are pandemic. lazy. Yeah, you could yeah. you could apply all kinds of. Current. You just assume things are going to work out because they always have. But they aren't, that doesn't mean they always will. And, of course, in Don't Look Up, the inevitable happens. So um, if, you, if you see this movie, it, it will be both entertaining, but it's, kind of, it's, it's got thought behind provoking, it a for very sure. serious message. Yeah, it's yeah. thought-provoking. It uses absurdity to illustrate what we're going through right now, probably. Uh, and I think I should uh, – I, I want to end this first broadcast of the new year on um, – you know, I, we've gotten so much mail. People missing our dumb, my dumb joke. Oh and, yeah. Well, it's it, uh, it's been it's. We hear you. We hear you. Let's just yeah, put it that so way. We will end uh, our show today with our our dumb joke, and I'll try to do as as they have to meet a certain standard. You know, yeah, if you course. don't if you don't maintain that standard, people will become bored and critical, and we don't want that to happen. So here we go. Okay. Here's our dumb joke for today. What do you call the team? Whose plane wouldn't fly? What do you call the team whose plane wouldn't fly? I, I'm, I'm, I'm lost. The Wrong Brothers. See, it was the Wright Brothers. The Wrong that, Brothers. It, see, remember the Wright Brothers? They flew Kitty Hawk. Yeah, I, yeah, no, I, I got it. I got yeah, it. Okay. Now, are, when you mentioned standards, have we are we still searching for the standards? That, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
Stop that. Okay, that's it for today. Check out our page on Menyard and Menyard Do a Podcast. Or just Google Menyard and Menyard and that will get you there. And to find out when the next one's going to be. Happy New Year! Happy New Year!